Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Evening, welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford here with Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. Uh, brothers, how you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm a little congested, so if you hear me catch a pause because it looks like I'm about to die, feel free to just jump on in and take over while I try to catch my breath. I don't know this this allergies and congestion is just brutal right now. You got your tea? Uh, I'm on everything. Tea, herbals, everything. You know, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I can get it figured out here soon. How we doing, Kelvin? Do I have you, Kelvin? Are you hearing us? Not sure if Kelvin's hearing us. Don't look like he's hearing you at all. Yeah, doesn't look like he's hearing us at, at, at all there, Mr. Our background producer there. Hey, Kelvin, he's not he's not hearing us. All right, so we'll uh, we'll give him a second while we're waiting on Kelvin's audio issues to resolve themselves. I uh, want to remind you, if you're joining us, make sure to first and foremost, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, go ahead and uh, subscribe to that uh, Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page, and then give us a thumbs up. We promise to give you a show worthy of that liking and subscription. If you're watching us on Facebook, make sure you are signed in and uh, and uh, make sure to like and subscribe there. You also should be following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. And then go ahead and download that Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google or Apple Play Store, my JBN and my BCSN. Uh, well, as we're waiting on Kelvin's audio, uh, it's an interesting night, Kofi, because not only as we get ready to kind of talk about, you know, Saturday's big win against Southern, and we look ahead, but we've also got some live basketball action happening. So, you know, if, if you see us looking away, giving score updates, uh, you know, hopefully you are watching us and you've got another TV tuned in watching our Rattlers. The score is currently uh, Kansas State 10, FAMU 9 with about 14, 16 to play 
in the first half. So a good showing. FAMU is a 16-point underdog on the road, but uh, a little birdie told me to take the points. So I kind of listen to those birds when they're when they're chirping the way they're chirping, uh, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see. Any chance we got Kelvin in there? He may have had to log off and come back in. So if our uh, producer can maybe hit us up with the two-shot there, Kofi and I will kind of get going here and kind of talk about Saturday's action at Southern, and then I know Kelvin will jump in. You actually made the road trip, correct, Kofi? That is correct, sir. We definitely did, and uh, yeah, we had an amazing time in Jaguar land. Yep. Yep. Kelvin, it sounds like, do we have your audio there? Yes, I got you now. All right, my man, Kelvin Rozier, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we were just uh, we were just uh, talking about uh, we we were let, since Kofi made the road trip, he made the roadie. Uh, kind of give us the uh, the background on uh, on just how how Rattler Nation uh, showed up and showed out out there on the bluff. Is that is that it? that's what they call it, right? The bluff or the bayou? What do they call it out there? Bluff. They call it the bluff, the bluff. and it is the bayou. So you can say either one. Um, it's fine, but we were in Jaguar land across the Mississippi river and, um, we had an amazing time, man. It was an amazing time. Jaguar nation was amazing. Went in, you know, offering food hugs. It was like a big family reunion. It was a little chilly. Oh yeah. It was a little chilly and everything. Now let me say this. Cause they got all their little panties and stuff in a in a in a bunch and stuff. Cause I was warning people about being careful and everything. Cause you know, et cetera, et cetera. So let me go on and say this: ninety about ninety to ninety five percent of Jaguar Nation is cool. It's just like straight family. They are very hospitable. They cook like the Dickens. The tailgating scene is absolutely amazing. It's hugs everywhere, love everywhere. You know, all that stuff. And, yeah, you know, little jabs. We talk a little noise. But, hey, that's it's an opposing team. So that's what you're supposed to do. Little jabs, little talking trash, talking about history, all that stuff like that. But then there is that other 5% that uh, from time to time uh, are disconnected from life and they do stuff that they're not supposed to do. Um, are they graduates you know, or local? What do you think? Uh, we don't know. I mean, now the student section threw stuff at the 100, but. I mean, if you go to Mumford Stadium and you don't get stuff thrown at you, I'm kind of like, something's kind of off, wow. to be honest. Okay. At least what something up. Some might have been some Grambling fans. Might have no, been some Grambling fans. No, no, those are true I saw, Southern I saw fans. this with my own eyes. Now, the good okay. thing is, the good thing is, I get it. Um, what you don't want to do, though, is just have a scenario where, of course, somebody gets hurt. Now, all across the country, I've been seeing all kinds of um, fights and stuff in the stands. There's none of that going on at Mumford Stadium. I mean, the people are cool. They've got good mixed drinks down there. They've got all kinds of stuff. they got an end zone club. they got the press box club. they got the other end. It's two end zone clubs. So they really support. And I want to say um, their game day operations was, was really good. Um, I think that, you know, obviously going forward, you know, obviously with the whole parking thing, all of the spaces on campus, like you couldn't even get on campus without having a parking space, which I think is, uh, 
is legitimate. And I think that going forward, I think Rattler Nation actually needs to get ready for some of that to begin to manifest because uh, that's revenue for athletics. And uh, you don't want to be missing out on that because that's a revenue generator. And that's a way to um, to build the um, build revenue for athletics. So uh, I commend Jaguar Nation for, you know, their for what they were doing and everything. And they got another big game. But on to the game, man. It was just amazing, man. The Rattlers came out and uh, basically um, started out strong, made a mistake, let the team in it. They took a 14-10 lead for a minute there, and then we basically took over and they didn't score again. So uh, I would say just pretty much this team can be dominating so long as they don't make mental errors that allow the team back into the game. Um, you know, obviously we had uh, that little goal line thing going on with, uh, with Southern. But Southern has a good defensive line. I obviously did not agree with some of the play calls um, <laughs> with that many people butt stand like that. It was uh, it was very hair raising. One of the guys that used to be a drum major at Southern University was sitting beside me. He was like, "Oh, this is fun." I was like, "Guys, come on, spread the ball, lap, please, spread out, do something else." So, you know, I would have liked to have seen something to the outside, a sweep, a option anything but what we were doing just right up there in the middle with everybody bunched in like that it's like 11 people are all in the box we're gonna try and run it and all 11 people there wasn't any space there wasn't any space and the fact that we were in the shotgun took an entire extra second to get for the guy to get up to the line of scrimmage no matter how much momentum that's an extra time for them to penetrate as opposed to lining up under center and doing stuff so that's something that i want to see who is that? I, I don't know. Is that, that Jesus? Is that me? Us? You? Yeah. Who's calling? Coach no. Willie calling in. Hey, Coach Willie yeah. heard me calling in. Yeah. Hey, we know we will be taking callers later, but not just yet. Just slow down, folks. We know y'all excited, but <laughs> good lord. But not yeah, just, you know, just we eliminate those errors, and we win about like thirty-five ten. Um, that's about that's about the score. But I want to see us make those quicker. I want to see us make quicker adjustments and just stick with the game plan to the other team stops it, which is run, 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 and run again, you know. Um, but Sharid is building quite a resume um, as the most dangerous rattler on that offensive side. I was like, they're not going to kick to him. They're not going to kick to him. I looked up and Southern kicked to him. I was like, uh, I guess they didn't see the video. So, um, I say, hey, keep kicking to him. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We'll keep be, yeah, keep kicking to him. Um, but I think, you know, just if anybody watches the tape um, that has sense, they won't kick to him. Uh, Kelvin, what are some of your big takeaways from the big win against Southern? Well, first of all, I, I'll say that we stayed, for the most part, to our identity. You know, we, we rode defense and special teams to create the separation. And um, I know later on in some other segments, we're going to talk about potential uh, playoff scenarios, celebration bowl, et cetera. But, you know, so I'm starting to look at that right now. And so 
I'm gonna split some hairs, right? So I, I doubt you know the defense, you know, shut them out basically from the second quarter on. Um, they did move the ball. There were some opportunities where they dropped pa- they dropped passes or they missed passes. You know, they did get behind us a couple of times, and um, luckily they they weren't able to make us pay when they did. But overall, our defense was our defense, and um, they did what they needed to do. Again, special teams were special. You know, uh, our kicker was uh, the uh, SWAT special teams player of the week. You know, he, he punted well. He he uh, kicked three field goals, and, um, they, you know, kickoffs were, were pretty good. And then our return game was pretty good. So um, that's our identity, defense, special teams. Now, offensively, in the first half specifically, I thought that McKay was fairly sharp and and uh, we did pretty well. And I like the fact that anytime we fall behind, the next drive immediately, we always respond. You know, we don't, you know, if we lose the lead, I don't care if it's fourth quarter, the second quarter, the first quarter. We immediately respond. That's a great sign. Um now, one of the things that stood out, though, that we just have to get better at, and I always want to be honest with Rally Nation, so um, I, I, I show y'all this goal line. I'm, I'm, I'm really – we have to see improvement because I think we have a championship-level defense and special teams. I think we have the ability if we, when we get into playoffs, and I elaborate on this more when we get to that segment, but – I think we have a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs. But in order for that to happen, we have to capitalize when we're in the red zone and we have short yardage situations. And I just don't think we have an identity there. And I, I just and I, I need to see better, right? I know we got big back, and I know we run the ball pretty well. But we still can't be predictable, right? Teams will blitz the gaps and so forth and run blitz and and, and, and um it can still make it tough if you just gonna just line up and shotgun at that five yards behind the line of scrimmage and just give it to a back and expect him to just run over people. I think we have to be a little more creative than that. Uh I, I like first of all, I've been saying this all year. I would like to see in the goal line short yard situation. We have really we have tight ends with great hands, particularly uh Young, Kamari, and uh, and um, you know, out of seven catches, he's got like four touchdowns or something like that, and he's a big body. And then we have some receivers, right? I ain't talking about the small scat guys who can create separation. I'm talking about Manny Gold and so forth. I just want to see us at least with personnel line up sometimes and and create some situations, some jump ball situations. With our big receivers and you know in their big bodies, um, also in terms of the run game, I do not understand why we can't get on the center. You know, I don't care if it's Wildcat, well, yeah, Bishop do it or whatever the case may be, but for one snap, and all we need is one yard or less, we should be able to get on the center and take a snap from under center and run the daggone ball. I also would like to see some motions where I don't care if you put a tight end or, or you run a pistol. We got two two big backs and Bonnie. Put all three of them back there. 
And if you're gonna stay in shotgun, you know, let the two big backs lead the lead lead the blocking and 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 have Bonnet to come behind them. But I just think do we, a die play. we get we we gotta have a strategy as to what we're trying to accomplish based upon the talent we have. We had a talent, so that was the one of the things I stood out. We had three field goals that were under twenty yards at the end of the game. The only thing that kept us from having thirty points was you know, we, we didn't convert a fourth down and turn the ball over on down. Uh, you know, I, I think Southern had less than 100 yards. I know they had less. They had less than 100 yards in the second half, but but I, I want to say about six, five, seven, and, and, and third of it came on the last two plays of the game. So we're winning two phases of football almost every game: special teams and defense. If we can ever get that offense to take advantage of the opportunities when we have them, the big plays, if we can take advantage of that and hit those big plays when they're there and then just on red zone opportunities instead of field goals, uh, two out of three are touchdowns, man, I'm telling you, we're going to be a problem in the playoffs. So so, so I got to talk about it because that's my mindset. It's playoff or bust at this point. Uh, well said, gentlemen. Well said. Playoff or bust. Um, well, look, I, I want to, uh, I'll come back. When we come back from the break, I'll kind of give some of my thoughts from, uh, what we saw this past weekend. And then we'll start to, uh, begin to have that conversation that everybody is chomping at the bit to have regarding playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, playoffs. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, we'll even drop the uh, phone line number out there. We want to hear from Rattler Nation. We're going to open up the lines. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on uh, what you thought of the Southern game. The phone line. Okay. Um, <laughs> what we thought, what we heard from Southern, uh, what we have upcoming, uh, maybe some other thoughts on the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, want to give a shout out to a few people I see on YouTube. Joe King. Checking in, Marcus Green, uh, Kenneth Rozier, checking in. Uh, any relation to you there, Kelvin? Yes. All okay. Rozier, we claim each other. <laughs> don't matter. Okay, all right. Uh, shout out to Mary305, always checking in. Good to see you, Mary. Uh, EA coming in. We'll get to talking about the playoffs here shortly. Um, I guess I'll have to check, take a peek at the Facebook and see who's joining us on Facebook. Floyd is probably there somewhere. I know I'll get murdered if I don't give a shout-out. I know he's checking us out on Facebook, as my guy Marcus is, too. So I know those two are regulars. So uh, shout-out to Floyd and Marcus. Uh, I know they're probably checking us out on Facebook, as well as many others. So we'll definitely give you some shout-outs here. We'll take a break, come back right after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the point where we sing a little commercial jingle. We're we don't keep on rolling. We're I don't see no commercial. You in see a commercial. commercial. Well, this is a great time to do a plug for if you are interested in advertising or sponsoring this segment of the ONG Strike Zone, this is a great opportunity to do that. Send us an email, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. 
We'll be more than glad to sponsor, advertise your wares, your Rattler wares, uh, with officially licensed Florida A&M athletics gear. You know, uh, I I am guilty of not putting on my family gear today as I'm coming from uh, right off of school and all that other stuff. But as you can see, Calvin and Kofi are so uh, beautifully dressed in their uh, familia. But we can be sponsoring and advertising for your company as well. So give us a shout out, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. We'll see. Are we going to break? There we go. Going to break. CSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world. Blended and roasted to perfection. Giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. And Kofi here, just giving a live update from Manhattan, Kansas, better known as the Little Apple. I, I shocked you with that one, Kofi, right? You never heard of the uh, Manhattan, Kansas called the Little Apple? I don't care about Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Well, I mean, just strike that up as little things about college towns, you know. 
Uh, Rattlers at the free throw line with a chance to tie it at 22, which they just did with 731 to play. Lead. I am curious, and our good friend Marcus Green brought this up. You know, we just saw us get a lot of publicity and uh, for wearing the new King James jerseys on first take and so on and so forth, but we aren't wearing those jerseys in the contest. I don't, you know, I, I, any thoughts on that? Anybody? I mean, Kelvin, you know, you understand administratively how these things work or don't work. Uh, any speculation as to why we're not wearing the new King James uniforms that we were just putting out on national, that were just on national television all of uh, 24, 48 hours ago? No. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Well said. I, I mean, keep it short and sweet. Yeah, go ahead, Kelvin. Well, it is a part of Nike's strategy to build um, anticipation. Hold on, hold that thought for a second. Hold that, hold that thought, Kofi. Let's, let's, as we're testing out our phone lines, we got a live caller checking in who with is? us. Uh, live caller, who are you and uh, where are you calling from? Hello, Rattlers. I'm going to assume who is that? you can sounds hear like me. The, sounds like the Can't CEO. Hear you guys. Hanging up uh -oh, now. So, all right. See, that's Keep up the good work. Prank. That's the CEO of Jericho Broadcast Networks prank calling us. That was a big uh, waste of our time right now. Live, live television, live TV. All right. Uh, Kofi, you were going to say, I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. Nike likes to build anticipation for their products. Now, it has been a, it has been a long time, but I don't think they understand that Rattler Nation is amping at the bed to get this gear. Uh, because we've been waiting forever, ever to be able to get quality apparel, um, you know, from our institution. And we wear it anyway. Um, but we understand that this is an opportunity to grow our brand and build it. But Nike traditionally builds the anticipation for it and then they set it in the proper markets. Um, so I, I think that also I think it would be good for those that uh, are in Rattler Nation to communicate with the Nike officials and saying, hey, you know, we want our stuff. Can we get our stuff? We really want our stuff. We're going to buy our stuff. So they just uh, have to be able to get get their numbers so that they can properly put it in the in the stores, your dicks, your distributors, all of that stuff. FAMU's up 26-22 right now. Marcus adds in. Marcus Green doing a great job of giving us uh, some uh, commentary on the YouTube chats. Uh, let us know that uh, FAMU's dark uniforms are the ones which have not come in. We should be the away team wearing dark. We are wearing white. Uh, Kansas State is wearing sort of a light purple. So um, because of the fact that we didn't have our road uniforms, uh, that's why we're wearing last year's Nike uniforms. So but if anybody cares, they probably are wearing the LeBron James shoes uh, that are part of our our deal with uh, King James. All right. So, uh, all right. So, let me go real quick. Just a couple of thoughts. Let me fill in as we were kind of talking about this Southern win. First, first little bullet point I want to bring up: the crowd. Now, by my estimations, or from what I saw. The attendance was marked at, uh, where was it? I saw it, about 15,000. 
15,665. <coughs> I was a little surprised it was that low. I would have, I would have expected that game to be in the 20s. You know, FAMU's first normally. Visit. Go ahead. Yeah, normally it, it is a packed game, but, I, you know, also uh, Southern Knights are a lot like Rattler Nation as well. Um, and they don't like to see their teams lose. That's one. Um, we had not been out there for some time. There was early talk that the band was coming, that the band wasn't coming. Um, and then they got Jackson State next week. Uh, and just a number of smaller determining factors, but Hey, nonetheless, I know that when Southern comes to Bragg next year, there will be 25,000 plus in Bragg for that game. So, um, that's their loss. I do know that Rattler Nation was deep in the building. Um, I would say we took about 2,500, maybe 3,000, um, out there they were spread out throughout the stadium i would have liked to have seen everybody sit together but orange and green was sprinkled out throughout our side so um rattler nation did an excellent job of traveling and making their presence known the tailgate was lit um everything else the food was amazing everybody had a good vibe and really had a good time and the hundred came showed up did their thing and showed out and dipped and it was just a good overall um, showing for Rattler Nation and Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University. All right. Well, you know, like I said, it is an interesting stretch for Southern where they get four home games against the four best teams in the conference. I mean, Prairie View, Alcorn, FAM, and Jackson State. I mean, that's a season ticket package that um, they should have sold the heck out of. And if they didn't, well, that's something they got to deal with in their marketing departments because – I mean, you you would think that that would sell out. Um, moving on, my second bullet point: the lack of creativity in those six plays inside of the three yard line was amazing to me. I, I not once did we go spread formation, as you said. Not once did we go. I think maybe one time we went I formation under center, or did we not go under center at all? Not at okay, so. Um, you know, it was just, I get it. The fact that we have the lead, I think we were up, what, 20, 23 to 17. Correct. And it was like, we, if we are who we say we are, we should be able to get two yards. I get that. But after the second time, it should have been like, okay, let's be creative. And then you know what? I would have been okay after we didn't get the third one if we would have took the field goal, but I also understand the machismo. uh, We are who we say we are. We're going to go for it. I get it. But we still showed no creativity, and we went – and God bless – thank you, Southern, for giving us not one but two opportunities to do it over. We screwed it up the first time. Oh, you give us a second time? Oh, thanks, Southern. It's like, wow, man. Uh, what were you going to say on there, Kofi? Um, you know, just that whole thing was just very weird. <laughs> it was just like, hello, they're stacked in the box. Let's make a change. 
you know, and they never really did. Um, and everybody's in there. You have to look at that and say, going forward, you got to do something else. I mean, even this is where your option play definitely works because you bring the dive, you run the dive play in there, everybody on the line bites, and then you pitch it to the outside and it's a done deal. You know, it's it's that yeah, but simple. Didn't we try that. We brought Sap in there. We, we brought Sap in for one of those plays, and he dog. He, no, he Sap dog came. On the whole Didn't he? Um. Yeah, because yes, he, he tried to go line play, play, in which I actually thought he scored because he landed on top of somebody. Uh, Thank you. But, uh, he did, he but he also almost fumbled too. Yeah, that was the one time I thought the 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 play by play guys actually were on point by noting the fact that Sap should have, and I again, we, we're not going to talk about swack and fishing because that's a whole No, we show. don't talk about the swack referees because that's the problem, darn it, and they need to fix it. Yeah, well. We only have four yeah. penalties, though. I, I had said, I had said, you know, look, you know, write us up for, for 10 penalties and 100 yards, and, and we fell way beneath that. I'm shocked. Yeah, well, they – they they tried to take us away there. That that one drive is right there when I was like, okay, see, here here's where we get. I I heard your voice as as that was happening, and uh, they didn't give us the touchdown by Sap. I knew Kelvin was like, oh, see, there they go, there they go, right there, they got us. And I, I kept thinking, man, geez, these guys, these slack officials. Uh, but anyway, we eventually got into the end zone. Um, and then my last point here, just to kind of dig it in here, our scoring average over the last is now 29.83 points per game. Just a tad I'm under the 30. Okay, just a tad under 30 with two games remaining. I just want to be clear on that. Two games remaining. Um, round it, but, round uh, it off. Round it off. <laughs> no, no, no. No rounding off here, baby. It's got to be 30 over. It's got to be 30.00 plus. I get it. I get it with 29.9899, whatever it is. Uh, let's go game balls. Game balls from this game. Uh, Kofi, who, who's your game ball or, or uh, outstanding performer? I'm going to start with Cherie and, uh, you know, McKay. I think he was steady. He had an opportunity to fold at, at, at a couple of times, but he continued to consistently move the chains uh, for the most part. And, um, you know, I'm proud of him. I think he did an excellent job. How about you, Kelvin? I'm going to go with the Sweat Special Team Player of the Week. I thought uh, Martinez they had a great game punting. He pinned him deep a couple of times. He averaged over 40 yards of punt. Like I say, he had three field goals. His kickoff was pretty decent. So, you know, the special teams guy don't get a lot of love sometimes. So I'm gonna show him some love. He's my he's my game ball guy. <coughs> um my uh my game ball on the on the defense sorry, defensive side of the ball. Uh, defensive side of the ball, it, it's got to go to. Uh, I'm giving it to uh, Marquise um, Bell. Eleven tackles, eight solos, one tackle for loss. I thought the play of the game. I thought was Southern's third scoring drive in a row. 
because they had just scored twice. They were going for a third score. I believe it was second down. Marquise makes a big stop, a big tackle. And then later, uh, Isaiah Land forces their quarterback on third down to sort of fumble and turn the ball over. Southern sells for a field goal. And that was the moment where I thought that was their last score. They didn't score. That was their third. That was their third consecutive possession. Uh, they did not score anymore after that. But I thought that was a big step up by Marquise in that moment, and that's why he is. I, I'm going to go so far as to say possibly even a second or third round uh, draft pick. To be honest, a, a day two draft pick. Put it like that. Uh, day two draft pick, and. <clears throat> On the offensive side of the ball, and I went back and broke this down, guys. So, uh, Rashawn McKay might have played his best performance of the year. And here's why I say that. In the first half, now, granted, we did not pass at all in the fourth quarter. None. No passes in the fourth quarter. So, McKay really only had three quarters, but... It was what he did in the first two quarters. Uh, In the first quarter, he was six of eight with a one touchdown. In the second quarter, he was five of eight with one touchdown. He opened the game up, completing his first five passes. He had eight completions of the 11 in the first half were over 10 yards. Again, he was 11 of 16 in the first half. Two touchdowns, 192 yards passing. That's a 68.75 completion percentage. Eight passes over 10 yards of those 11. Uh, This is the fourth consecutive game that Rashawn has had more than has had uh, multiple touchdowns. You know, I think he's had a couple of games with threes and a couple now with two. And so, even though the third quarter wasn't as well or wasn't as good. I mean, he was 4 of 10 in the third quarter. The first half was just excellent. It set the tone. It really did. It, it, it really it proved to be the difference in why we were successful and Southern wasn't quarterback play. If you look at the passes that Bubba, uh, uh, Bubba Daniels missed and then you look at the ones that McKay made, there's a difference in the ballgame. If, if Southern had a quarterback as accurate as McKay, we might have we might have been sweating that ball game out, but I mean credit to our defense, but also there were just a lot of bad misses by uh, Bubba Daniel and McKay. But you know, did a great. I was just gonna say McKay did a great job in my opinion, best performance I've seen him play. Go ahead, Coach. but you know, just in addition to that, just for our team, knowing that they overcame adversity, not just. You know, because people are like, oh, you know, adversity on the field. Anytime you travel, that's already adverse condition. Um, it's cool. You got the Southern student section throwing stuff at you. You're coming out. You know, you're focused on your task at hand. But knowing that this team um, was dealing with uh, flu throughout the week and being in a position where we could be able to play at a high level, I think has to be commended. I think because uh, a lot of times, you know, the flu can be draining. Uh, it can take a lot of your strength away from you. So for us to be at a point uh, at the end of the week by Saturday to be 
able to play at a, at a high level and win the game, I think cannot be understated. Well said. So um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much my takeaways. You know, I kind of was even doing a deep dive, looking at some of our red zone offensive plays. And, you know, <clears throat> I think there was a, we, a couple of the field goals that we took guys uh, in our, in our, one of our possessions, I was watching, well, there was a play, let's see, first quarter from Southern's 12. Um, McLeod takes a bad angle going towards the goal line, gets tackled at the two-yard line. <laughs> literally, literally, I'm watching it and watching the replay. If he takes an angle cutting across the field to his right towards the middle, he gets into the end zone. But because he wanted to take on a tackler, he ends up getting stopped at two, or maybe he cut it short, not thinking he can make the angle. But he, he he ends up getting tackled at the two. We kick a field goal. Next possession, McKay, uh, the, you know the the play to Manigo, where we, oh, when you first look at it, you're thinking, oh, Manigo dropped the ball, or you may have said, oh, McKay threw the ball low. Technically, Southern's defensive line got a great rush on our left guard, and he actually touched McKay's arm on that pass. And that one little touch to McKay's arm caused that pass to be low, in which Manigo ended up not catching that ball. But that should have been a perfect slant route, perfect touchdown, if the left guard holds his block. Instead, it ends up being a field goal. So we may nitpick about the red zone efficiency, but just little things like that, I'm sure coach and the, and the, and the, and the team goes back and looks at the film and they'll say, we were that close to score 14 points. Instead, we came away with six. So all in all, that's why I felt like McKay had probably his best game of the year. All right, let's take a break, fellas. Come back. Let's see if we got our phone lines working because we want to hear from Rattler Nation. And then we want to kind of talk a little about some about some playoff scenarios. We also got to talk about our Lady Rattlers, whose regular season is coming to an end. And uh, we're coming up on halftime here for our men's team. I think the score is 33-28. Kansas State is leading with about maybe 20 seconds left in the first half. 33-30 to 30 is the score. We'll be back. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. True Black Essentials is a retail opportunity to bring black businesses under one roof where every product on every shelf in every aisle will be black owned and black produced by people all over the world. Statistics show that the $1.3 trillion of spending power that we have as black people can easily be turned into each black person having $2 million if we were to shop black for two years. So True Black Essentials will launch an e-commerce store on November 1st, 2020, but we will open up brick and mortar stores in Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte, Houston, and Jacksonville with the very first store opening in Atlanta, June 19th, 2021. 
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Let's get. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. Um, just kind of uh, taking a moment here as we kind of start looking at possible scenarios and things like that that affects FAMU. And I know a lot of talk <coughs> has been made and is being made about the playoffs. Um, let's kind of look at the polls first off. You know, in, in the world of black college football, I think everybody's got FAMU ranked third unanimously right behind Jackson State and Prairie View who are sitting at undefeated records right now in the SWAC at 6-0. and uh, Both teams have a, has a loss to uh, an FBS school, actually. Let me see. Going back here, Prairie View's loss back at the beginning of the season was to Incarnate Word. Say again. Because Ashley gets a rank in FCS. Uh, incarnate, what is it? Incarnate Word of Word University? Yes. Yes, Incarnate Word. I don't, uh, so I'll take your word that they're ranked. Um, yeah, they lost that game 40 to 9. And of course, Jackson State lost to UL Monroe. That's an FBS school. So within FCS, uh, Jackson State actually is unbeaten against FCS schools, uh, currently 8 and 0 versus FCS schools. Preview is seven and one. FAMU is actually six and one. No, seven and one. Seven and one as well uh, against FCS opponents. Um, Kelvin, what do you make of just the uh, just the early conversation about getting into the FCS. And then I uh, let's kind of go around the horn and talk about that for a moment. And then uh, I want to share uh, a, a thought that a good friend, uh, Mike Reed, has been uh, kind of proposing uh, for, for as it relates to FAMU. So what's your thoughts, Kelvin, on just 
the talk about playoffs at this point, which actually began, what, four weeks ago, it feels like. Yeah, um, I, I think it's, it's it's appropriate time to talk about it. I mean, we're, 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 we've got two postseason options still on the table. Uh, if Jackson State wins this week, then one of them is off the table because of the tiebreakers. They'll have the tiebreaker over us. They will represent the East in the SWAT championship game. If they happen to lose, then we still uh, got We have something to play for in the Florida Classic in terms of the SWAT championship game. But in terms of the FCS playoffs, um, what I did was kind of look at 15 through 25 because everybody was talking about, well, we're not ranked, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, at this time of year, uh, it, you know, it's less concerned to me. I, I, the key for us is, first of all, to, to win out. It don't matter if we don't win out. We don't beat Pine Bluff. We don't beat Bethune. We're talking two teams that got three wins at the end of the day. I don't care about, you know, the dangerous trap. I want to hit it. We're, if we are a playoff caliber team, we should handle these, both of these games handily. I mean, that's just what it is. Right, so ain't no need to shy away from this conversation, right? Now that being said, um, when I looked at you know kind of the rankings and everything, I noticed uh, you got the two SWAT schools, uh, Purview, I think it was at twenty four, and Jackson somewhere around sixteen or eighteen. Uh, they'll be in the SWAT championship game, so they're not part of the equation if they win out anyway. You got a uh, uh, Ivy League school in there that's ranked. They're not a part of the equation because I believe don't participate in FCS playoffs. And then, so now you, you're looking at uh, um, a, a combination of Southland, uh, Southern Conference, and uh, and um, uh, OVC, which I think will only have one representative. And... Um, Right now, the, the 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 Southern Conference got three people in contention, maybe four, but they all play each other, right? So, uh, and, and those schools already have three losses, and you have to get to, uh, I believe, uh, eight FCS wins. So, you know, a lot of them aren't there yet, right? So I, I start with the Southern Conference. I look at the Southern Conference. You got Mercer. You got... Tennessee Chattanooga, you got East Tennessee State, and you got BMI. BMI already has three losses. Uh, um, you know, uh, Southern uh, Mercer has two losses. One of the losses to BMI. Uh, look like they played twice. Uh, Chattanooga is six and three. Um, they, they're Signature win, I guess, is uh they're they're the only team that beat East Tennessee State, and East Tennessee State is eight and one. But uh, a couple of those teams still have to play each other, including this week. So uh, at least two of them will be eliminated by the time the playoffs start, anyway. And and three out of four, I know, are ranked. Uh, with OBC, the only team over, over really over five hundred at this point is Tennessee Martin. Um, and their best win is uh, Jacksonville State, which is five and four. They struggle to beat uh, Magnet State. Um, uh, they didn't play 
uh, Southeast Missouri State twice. Um, so I've noticed that a lot of those teams are playing uh, conference foes and and uh, twice, and it's kind of padding the deck. But uh, so at the end of the day, if we went out by the time the Florida Classic is over, um, I'm confident that we would be ranked and um, between 15 and 25 of the actual rankings. A lot of teams will be them fell out. I'll just speak about the Southland real quick. Southeast Louisiana is 72. And um, they got a win and a loss against Madness State. And the reason I bring Madness State up is because Southern played them and um, was leading the whole game. I think they lost by seven points eventually to uh, Madness 31 24. So I don't want to hear about strength of schedule and with these other conferences and what we have and not having quality wins because the people we're going against, Kennesaw is 8-1 in the Big South and Mama, which is 6-3. They're 5-0. Both of them are 5-0 in the Big South, and they play each other this, this weekend. So all that is going to work itself out. Teams are going to lose. If the Rattlers win out, we'll be ranked. And with nine wins, eight FCS wins, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the playoffs. Now, it would absolutely help if uh, Alabama A&M wins out because that gives us a quality win. If they could win out and have an 83 record and with two of the losses against champion um, uh, Jacksonville, I mean, I'm sorry, Jackson State, and us, along with a D1, a FBS team. And it also would help if – South Carolina State wins out and wins the MIAC and goes to the Celebration Bowl. That'll give us uh, two quality wins because the only thing that's really missing on our resume, and it's not really our fault, is right now, today, we don't have a quality win because, you know, uh, out of all the teams we've beaten, only one of them at this point has a winning record. So that's, that's the only downside. But at the end of the day, if the Rattlers take care of business, they will be in postseason play somewhere. Uh, before I give my thoughts, Kofi, I want to give you a chance to jump in. Well, I mean, he, he laid it out uh, pretty clearly. Um, it begins with us winning out. Everything else will take care of itself that's out of our control. So you want to focus on the things that you can control, which is to go out, execute, play with a lot of energy, play well, and get the W. Um, and that's basically it. We went out. We are in there. And uh, that's pretty much like the bottom line. So we are in the playoffs as we speak because we have to win these games. Kofi, do you really believe that? I absolutely 100% believe it. Well, okay. you believe it, I'm, I'm going to believe it with you, Kofi. Hey, everybody, so your phone calls are going to be working there. Just want to let y'all know that. Okay, oh, so okay. That's, you're hearing, yeah, you're, you're hearing uh, the voice of uh, uh, Jericho Broadcast Network's Roy Evans there. Uh, I was to say, who is that on God's uh, talking look, to us? Hey, look, don't forget to put Rattler in that, too, you know. Oh, proud yeah, member of the Alpha Eta Chapter of Phi Beta Sigma as well. So, you know, listen, let's get it all again. Hey, hey, come on that now. Stuff now. We'll talk about the, the, the fam you Rattler stuff. We'll stay right there. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Eta is fam you. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, 
I'm messing with you. I'm, I'm going to let you guys continue to have a good show. Keep it going, fellas. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let me yeah, add but this. I, I 100% believe that there is, you know, FAMU of all of the other HBCU has a tremendous history in the playoffs. We've been to the semis. We've won the championship. We've been there before. Our fans travel. We've hosted a playoff game and won. So this is an opportunity for them. And also the climate is such right now where I think if we go on and call Jesse Jackson now and have him to, you know, just go ahead and say a few words on our behalf with the NAACP, we can go ahead and push this thing on through and not have no issue. Well, you know what? I'm being silly. I'm being silly. I'm being silly. You're being silly, but I'm telling you, when I, the more and more I look at this, I, I want to be optimistic, fellas. I do. But what worries me is when I look at the fact that, yes, uh, it is great that Prairie View just got into the Stats FCS Top 25. You know, I think they came in at 24. Jackson State is sitting at uh, 16. Because the fact that the MIAC and SWAC aren't part of this FCS playoff system, they're inherently left out of the conversation. Uh, Drew, can we, can we, in the background, Drew, can we hold on the calls for just a moment, Drew? Um, the, the fact that we are left out of the conversation is reflected in the voting of our polls. That's what I think worries me. So when I start to look at now, look, all these bracketologists, people look, this is the committee. Now listen to who's a part of the FCS playoff committee, right? You have uh, the Rhode Island athletic director representing the CAA. Actually, you have Hampton's athletic director representing the Big South. Montana's AD representing the Big Sky. North Dakota State's AD representing the Missouri Valley. Houston Baptist AD representing the Southland. San Diego's AD representing Pioneer Football League. ETSU AD representing Southern. Ohio Valley Conference represented by Eastern Illinois. Bucknell, the Patriot League, Bucknell's AD. Um, the Northeast Conference represented by CCSU Interim AD. Those are the people who are making the selections, right? And so when they look at the value of the third team from the SWAC, because that is essentially what they're going to be looking at. They're going to be looking at the third team from the SWAC, right? So we, we hope, we really do want Prairie View and Jackson State to be undefeated going into the SWAC championship game because it adds value, I think, to the SWAC championship game and the conference in itself. And we do want Alabama A&M to continue to win. But what worries me is when I look at the prognosticators and they have us on the bubble who's out, I'm looking at Hero Sports, uh, their bracketology 9.0. And I, look, I know this is what it is, right? We can speculate all day. But we're, we're the third team out behind Rhode Island and Monmouth. You know, and, and you brought up some of the schools that are in front of us getting at-large bids, Kelvin. Uh, 
UNI, William and Mary, VMI, Southern Illinois, Missouri State. Um, you know, those schools that that worries me a little. You know. Well, you know, the uh, last time that we in in '78 we were on the bubble as well. So, you know, to me, it's kind of like it's a good omen. And it kind of like is a good precursor to the show, Why Not Us? You know, it's it's an opportunity to put all this stuff out there. And I think if people, you know, I, I trust our history and I trust what we're going to do. We just need to handle our business. It begins with that. Uh, Kelvin, I, I'll give you a final. I look like you wanted to add something in there. I'll give you a final thought. I'll give you a chance to say one, one last thing before we go to a break. Our brand, the family brand is the family brand. It's known, it's respected. Nine wins gets us in. Those things you just mentioned, just as I said, they have three. Like Northern Iowa had four losses already, and um, no quality wins, and you know really. So and they still got two games where they play in a tough competition. South Dakota and South Dakota State play each other. So again, it. I, I worry less about the, the, the polling and the prognosticators because they're doing it by where we are today. At the end of the day, what's going to matter and what the committee is going to consider is where things are the Sunday after the Classic. Any team that has four losses, more than likely three, but definitely four losses, would not get in over a 92 family as I at large. That's just, I bring it to the league. It is a 24-team field. Uh, I saw Dwayne Sweet kind of post here in you on the uh, YouTube chat that uh, he he feels that, and I guess he was speaking to uh, someone from another podcast, and Kennesaw State looked like a potential opponent that – we might face, you know, in the first round. Now that would be interesting. That can you imagine Kennesaw State? They thought that they thought that fourteen thousand that they got from A and T was something. <laughs> Let Rattler Nation get a chance to go to Atlanta. Uh, they may not be. We may have more fans than they might. That might be. That's going to be ridiculous. Uh, if Jackson State and South Carolina State play, um, that's going to be a big game. They'll get over forty. Well, that stadium can't hold but 14, 15 if it's played at Kennesaw State. Now, you know, oh, Kennesaw State. They, no, it's no way. Yeah, they, no way. Yeah, they may move that game, but if Kennesaw State's smart, they don't move that game. Uh, we'll talk about the finances of that coming up. Uh, we'll give out the phone number. We'll hear from you coming up on the other side of this break. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it.
This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. I want you to get the vaccine because I want you to be safe. I don't want you to be a patient I take care of in the hospital. That's what I'm scared of. Can I hug you? Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi coming in right after uh, Kansas State goaltending gives the uh, Rattlers the 34-33 lead, 18-10 into the second half. Oh, nice block. They called a foul, though. FAMU was down three at the half. We've come out shooting well. Again, FAMU came into this ballgame 16-and-a-half-point favorite uh, – underdogs, excuse me. 16-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um yeah, so you're crazy. Uh, but we got 13 guys who are coming back from our roster. So, you know, this will be an interesting ball game, uh, especially to see if FAMU can stay this stretch right here, these first 10 minutes of the second half. FAMU's got to stay in this ball game. They've got to keep a lead, stay close, don't let Kansas State get a run. Uh, so it's good to see that the boys are playing well. Okay, here's the phone number. We want to hear from you. Okay, we're here for a good time, not a long time. So, uh, giving out the phone number, when you call in, let us know who you are, where you're calling from. One comment, one question, please. We want to try to get to as many of you as we can. So, here's the number. Write it down. 678-383-7683. Two, three. Again, 
888-346-7623. We want to hear from you, Rattler Nation. want to hear what's on your mind. What are your thoughts, uh, whether it be the Southern game, whether it be playoff scenarios, playoff chances, uh, UAPB. This is a tra- – look, at the beginning of the year, guys, I thought this was going to be our trap game because of just the way the schedule flows. And then we've got opponent next week. All right. Looks like we got a caller on the line. Caller, who are you? Where are you calling from? This is Mike the Road Dog Reed calling from Tampa, Florida, baby. All right. My man, Mike Reed. How you doing, sir? Hello, Mike. How you guys doing, man? First off, let me congratulate you guys for this great show that you guys have put together the past couple weeks. I, I haven't been, you know, I haven't been typing it up on the message boards, but I do want to Con- 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 congratulate and commend you guys for a great job. Hopefully this is just a, the start of something greater for you guys and JPN and, and the whole the whole crew, man. This, this is a great thing to have. Let me tell you, dudes. Man, we, we Thank appreciate you, it. We appreciate it. And for those who don't know, Mike does a great job of organizing uh, uh, trips from out of the, the Tampa – actually a Florida region, uh, to to many Rattler uh, football games across the country, not just throughout the state, but across the country. Uh, so, Mike, before we get into your question, give, let people know the plug because you do a lot of good stuff for Rattler Nation. Give the plugs out first. Well, uh, like I say, for the past 30-some-odd years, I've been trying to come up with any excuse to get people out the house. So whether it's uh, – Sporting events, concerts, plays, things of that nature, MLR entertainment, man. We've been here trying to do it for the past 30-some-odd years. So, like I say, we appreciate everybody who's been helping us. And uh, well, let me point out to all of you who are about to call me, I am out of tickets for the Florida Classic. I, I, actually, I sold out today. Thanks because of wow. the, I want to say, the challenges to deal with the Florida Classic and obtaining tickets this year, we weren't able to get nearly as many tickets as we usually do. So we were sold out. So I want to thank everybody who did buy tickets and were able to get through. But um, but to your point, in terms of regional trips, I've got one on on the hit list, and it may be the first week, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, but I want that game to be in Tallahassee instead of in Kennesaw, Georgia. Because I, I think some of you guys have seen my diatribes on Facebook. That it's time for our athletic director, our, our NAA president, our boosters, whoever, the, the foundation. It's time for us to stop being nice and cordial and diplomatic about this. And we need to come up and raise these funds just like we just did to raise the funds to send the band to Baton Rouge to play against the Baton Rouge Teletubbies the other day. We need to come out there and pool this money together and tell the NCAA not only do we expect to be in this playoff, but we're willing to host a game the weekend that nobody wants to host any game, which is the weekend of Thanksgiving. If you think we just saw 30,000 people at homecoming, just imagine how many people we would have in Tallahassee Thanksgiving weekend to play Uncle Milky and the Kennesaw Owls in Tallahassee. Dude, that would that would be bigger than this celebration moment. So, my, what, Kelvin? I'm going to come to you with this because Mike has been 
very adamant about proposing about us pulling that forty, fifty thousand dollars together to put that out there. Would 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 money talk? Would the NCAA hear that? Would that committee, if they knew that, hey, there's a coffer or there's a fan base that really is hungry to host a first round, could that potentially influence our chances of getting in the playoffs, assuming that we win out? Well, you have to bid for FCS, the host for FCS. Now, I think the deadline is this week sometime, actually. So, uh, first you have to put in the bid, and there's some minimum things. And, and, and a lot of times people complain about hosting because uh, the NCA gets a, a lion's share uh, when you host. And they, they do reimburse the traveling teams, and they, they do pay for expenses and so forth. But, you know, you still got the game operation stuff that you have to get. And, and you know, some people ain't in the, in the business of reimbursement. Now, I happen to take the position that 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 Mike takes in the sense that if we host and and our fan base show up as they typically do, then it's a watch for us. I, I don't see it as a, a, as a loss because um, the percentage of the ticket sales along with the other revenue um, – with a well-attended game. So you got to remember the teams up north uh, outside of, you know, you know, Montana or North Dakota state, um, you know, even Kennesaw state, I mean, they, they, they averaging 5,000 people and stuff. So, but the operations costs ain't, you know, still are, the, are what they are. So I can see how they can have uh double digits, uh, tens of thousands of dollars lost for the game. But um, I do think that if, you know, Potentially, fam, you hosting. Um, I, I really don't think you know it'd be a significant loss for us. And and I too would love to see it, but but I mean you know you have to put the bid in, and I just don't know what our position is financially at this point. Well, can can I point out if if we if we could raise one hundred fifty thousand dollars in a matter of hours to get the band to go to Baton Rouge. You guys don't think that we could raise maybe $150,000, dollars just to have in the coffer to place the bid to host that game? I, to, to me, I, it, it is yeah. unfathomable to me that our athletic director is not – I know he's playing nice and cordial, playing the, you know, the diplomatic PC roles with the nice little interviews and all, but now it's time – he needs a bad cop, and it's time for us to be the bad cop. Let's go in there – he wants to be Starsky, let's be Hutch. Let's come up there with this money and tell our athletic director we want it. NCAA, nobody cares about athletics, man. It's time, it's time to start, I don't want to say demanding stuff, but I, a 92 family with $50,000, $100,000 in our coffers ready to host a game Thanksgiving weekend, we, we better call Ben Crump if, if we don't get in the playoffs. Well said. Hey, uh, what was real quick? What was again the strategy that you proposed? It was like fifteen dollars from ten thousand fans or something like that. How does that something like that? Well, it, it was initially I, I was, you know, breaking down numbers to somebody. I was like, look, if if just the season ticket holders, we got about maybe about two thousand season ticket holders. If we pull, say twenty twenty five dollars a person, just among season ticket holders would be interested. That would be forty thousand. Let alone everybody else out here who would 
to me, a $20 bill during homecoming would have been a drop in the bucket for the number of people that were around town that weekend for convocation, Will Packer, Roy Wood, you know, whoever else was in town this weekend. We could have possibly raised well over a quarter million dollars over homecoming weekend. Right. If if we don't make the playoff, then we then we can. Well, I was considering this calling it like a championship pursuit fund, a championship challenge is what we were going to call it. So this money would be for the football team, it would be for our baseball team, track, bowling. Whenever they whenever they pursue postseason activities, we got money to support our kids. I I, I look at it more as a way of. Of, of, of empowering our kids to go out there, hey, we got you. We, we don't necessarily have to get the, the okay of the president or athletic director. This is, this is, we got you on this one. So if we come up with the forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 between now and I believe the deadline is the 15th, which, which uh, was what, Monday? Um, what, what, I, like I say, I, it, 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 yeah, it boggles right. my mind. Like I say, I love my athletic director. But it boggles my mind that we're not trying to pursue at least raising the money to, to have it. It's better to have and not need. And like I said, a nine and two fan with fifty, sixty to hundred thousand dollars ready to host a game Thanksgiving weekend. Now who else but as you just said, Kennesaw State, Monmouth, whoever that first round, Thanksgiving weekend, up in the cold, who who really would, would want to host that game? I don't think anybody bids on those games the first round because it, they'd be gifted the game anyway. The visiting right. team gets reimbursed, so how can they lose money? We well, put 20,000, 30,000 people in Tallahassee, and even with, if the NCAA takes the lion's share of the money, whatever is left over, we will more than make up in, in not only revenue, but in, I guess, goodwill among the local community, business-wise. We'd have three or four hours on TV. Then, you know, people know I call it the channel Mickey Rat, but I'm like, to be on Mickey Rat's channel for three hours in, a, in front of a full stadium on a weekend that nothing else is going on but uh, that other game in New Orleans, dude, I think we, I think we blow the doors off of, off of everything. It was, Mike, it was let set an attendance record, hand over fist. Mike, let the people know where they can reach out to you real quick before I let you go. Okay, they can reach me at uh, area code 813-240-3116. That is area code 813-240-3116. Although I'm sold out of tickets, I am still helping other people who are still looking for tickets to try to find some. So even though I'm our inventory is done. I'm still, you know, I'm still Uncle Road Dog. So, <laughs> so do you, they, can, uh, they can reach me you, there. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to hit over forty, maybe up to fifty thousand for this year's classic? It is tough to gauge based on what's currently on Ticketmaster's manifest. Okay. If, if, you, okay. if you look at the number of blue dots on the platoon cookman side of the field, the fact that they are one in forever right now isn't sitting too well. But let them win this week because bear in mind, the platoon cookman has only one thing to do the rest of this year. 
That's just one thing. That's, that's all they're playing for. So right. we we may wind up getting rid of those blue dots as a result of fan unions buying up the seats as opposed to the Ben Cookman people buying up the seats. I, I think we will, we should be able to fill the bowl by this time next week, the lower bowl. If we go to the third deck, I, I, I'd be surprised. But it, it, it would be different if if it was a, a, a six or seven win between Cookman. Right. A, a, if, it, if it was a seven or eight win between Cookman as opposed to a one win between Cookman, yeah, I think we, we probably almost have the bowl sold out already. All right. All right, Mike, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate you, everything you do. Uh, Rattler Nation, let's make it happen, man. I love the idea, Mike. Let's, let's make it this. happen. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging all of y'all who want to see this thing happen. Call your athletic director. I know he's been ducking me, and that's why, <laughs> you know, that's why I've been the bad cop all week. I know he's ducking me. Greg's ducking me. You know, everybody who, you know, can make the decision of trying to be nice and cordial. But, look, it's time to stop being cordial with these guys. The only thing they understand is money. This is what this whole thing is about, is, is money. If they if they turn us down, talk about some strength of schedule at 9-2 and two and, and, and with fifty to $100,000 a hosted game, again, it's time that we need to go call Mr. Crump and, 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 and lodge, lodge a, a complaint. But, guys, All right. let me go. Let's, let's, let's hear from the rest of the folks out here. I love you guys. Appreciate let's you, get this thing rolling. Let's keep the ONG going, bro. All right. Let's appreciate go. you, Mike. Thank you for the support. Uh, 678-383-7623. 678-383-7623. Anybody catch the score? I think, fam, you, how are we doing on basketball game? Ah, 43-44, down by one, 11-42 to play. Uh, the Rattlers, right in this ball game, it'd be nice to see us get a win to start the year off, right, fellas? Yes, that'd be awesome, uh, man. We got five, senior, we got five, five starters back and an experienced team, man. Yeah, this team, this team, this team is dangerous. This is an experienced ball club, without a doubt, and that's the one thing that uh, schools like FAMU and other other uh, quote unquote mid majors are going to have working for themselves this year is experience coming back. Uh, you're not going to have a lot of guys who are surprised by the atmosphere. A lot of experienced ball clubs. Um, looking ahead in the SWAC this upcoming week, the big game in the Western Division Alcorn State against Prairie View A&M. Alcorn, of course, lost two in a row. Bethune-Cookman finally gets that first win, which uh, all praise to uh, Bethune for getting that dub. Takes a little bit of the uh, them coming to the Classic unbeaten. They might even be able to get a second one in a row, two in a row, which uh, I'm all for that. However many, however many more wins you get because it, it stops next week. Um, yeah, Bethune is host no Grambling, uh, hosting Bethune. Southern Jackson State. I'm I'm gonna tell you what, fellas. Jackson State better watch out. Southern has been playing every game 
They have not won two in a row. They haven't lost two in a row. And you know what this week is. This is a winning week for Southern. Jackson State better watch out. And the one thing Jackson State has not been doing very well is their run defense. That's what I, and it amazes me. That's what Southern went away from against us. But that's what they do well is run the ball. So if they well, decide I to say, go back. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to say that we helped them go away from their run defense. Um, they were obviously trying to set up the pass with the run. But at the same time, um, on first down, we were able to uh, botch up runs. We put them in second and long situations. So once um, once we changed our our lineup a little bit in terms of where the guys were lining up, we were able to stop them on first down, and that was really the key, putting them in second and long and third and long situation. So, but uh, that being said, I mean, you know, Southern Southern's lack of execution uh, in crucial in crucial times is what made the game margin larger than it probably could have been had their receivers been able to hold on to the ball. But this is a rivalry game. This is just as big as FAMU, Cookman, uh, Southern, Grambling, all of that stuff is throw out the records. The emotion's going to be there. The fans are going to be there. Jackson State normally brings eight to, you know, possibly 10, probably definitely this year, uh, eight to 10,000 people. It's going to be a ton of Jackson State Tigers there at that game. And and uh, Jaguar Nation is going to be there in full effect. So it's going to be quite an atmosphere uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, but I wanted to say I do think that Bethune-Cookman is a better team than Grambling based off what I've seen. If they're not going to let Noah play, um, that plays right into the Wildcats' hands. And uh, even though that game is in the hole, I see Cookman coming away with the W. Let me let me talk about both games real quick. Um, first of all, the Southern uh, Jackson State Grand, I'm right there with you, Brian. I really believe Southern matches up well offensively, where Jackson State is weak defensively, right? And I'll put a little more context to that. The difference between, I think, our defense and Jackson State defense is that they're a little bit more undersized. Um, um, in the middle, specifically, they have, uh, you know, athletes in length, and they have more of the safety-type guys, but their, their defensive front is not very big, and Southern offensive front is very big. So you shorten the game, you, you physically pound on them for a half, and you may be able to wear them down. Um, they are going to have to, at some point, execute some of those pass plays, but Southern does have the talent and they're at home. And, and so, uh, I, I, you know, there, there's a chance. I, I think it's a good call. It, it, it could be right now. Jackson State Absolutely. kind of been, been up and down. Now in regards to, uh, the, uh, Grambling game, uh, I do think Grambling plays different at home. I do agree. This probably is a toss up game and I tend to go with the home team. Uh, at home, Gremlin. Don't forget, Gremlin still Gremlin uh, in their minds, anyway. <laughs> and so uh, they're they you know they they all BCU did in winning against um 
Um, Alcorn. Alcorn just, just, you know, uh, weight gramming up even more. So, uh, you know, that, that game can go either way also. But because Gremlin is at home and I, they play a little bit more better defensively at home, um, I'm still going to ride with Gremlin. Now, I do want to make one more comment about Perryview A&M. I don't know about Perryview A&M. And here's what I mean by that. They have been fortunate. If you look who they beat, they ain't really beat nobody. They hadn't had, they don't play FAMU. And they don't play Jackson State, right? So no, and, and, and they had a bunch of and they had a bunch of home games. So I do think this one challenge in the West against Alcorn, I, I'm 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 leaning toward Alcorn because that uh, that is a home game for Alcorn. Um. And I just don't know if Perview been tested enough in a hostile environment, and I just have to see it, right? Because they just they just haven't played enough good enough competition for me right now. So I'm glad. So 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 I'm I'm leaning out on right now with that game. Mm. That's interesting. Well, okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good – I wanted to share this little story. I'm going to go with Prairie View because need, we need Prairie View to go ahead and win. But obviously I wouldn't be shocked if Alcorn pulled it out. They've lost two in a row now. So that's going to be a very angry team understanding what's at stake. Um, coming home, this is one of the few home games, so that game is going to be packed. The energy in that stadium is going to be nuts. So Prairie View is going to definitely have to overcome some measure of adversity. That being said – they went out to Southern University, which I think is one of the toughest um, places to play in the SWAC, and they absolutely destroyed Southern on the road. So um, I, I don't know. Obviously, I think on a homecoming week, that's easier to do if a team is not uh, totally dialed in and focused. But um, uh, Purdue's got a pretty good team. The quarterback is big. He's amazing. And Alcorn's defense is not has not been at a championship level all year long and so that's why i would lean more towards more towards prairie view but if Alcorn can get on those drums and do 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 and do their little war dance and stuff and get that little energy going and everything then um you know sometimes strange stuff happens um i did want to share this little story you know i was i was in baton rouge this weekend and we made a little quick stop after the game to ihop and, you know, Southern fans, of course, are everywhere. So there's these Southern fans I have on my little orange shirt from FAMU. And they're like, man, we let y'all off the hook. I just can't believe it. We had played like we had played against Alcorn. We would have beat y'all. So I stood there and I looked at the nice. And she was, you know, she was an older woman with, you know, it was two little baby jags. And, a, you know, her. Uh, I looked like her son and everything. So I looked at her and I said, well, we're not Alcorn. And I smiled and inside <laughs> but they look like they could have just if they could have had something to throw at me boy they would have thrown it and then i tried to lighten it up and say well you know if you all would have ran the ball a little bit more maybe that might have worked a little bit but they were talking about the game you know they were coming out the game and then they saw me so they wanted to make me a little smart comment so i made a little smart comment back so that's how that went well said well said uh just so people know they, these are the last 
look, three weeks left in the regular season. Everybody has two SWAT games remaining. Um, yes, uh, you know, I saw um, somebody in the chat room, Mr. Figures, kind of asked the question, what would it take for FAMU to get to the SWAT championship game? Well, obviously, Jackson State has to lose twice. Um, and we, we got to win out. Yes, yeah, so we have to win out. So Jackson State with probably their two toughest contests since they played us at Southern because of the rivalry and then against Alcorn State. Um, and so, and that is a rivalry as well. So that's where it gets tough. And for us, we have to play our fourth road game in the last five weeks. And then we have to play our nemesis, our arch rival. Uh, you know, we have to get over that hump for whatever, whatever it is, however you want to describe it and say it, it is what it is. We have to get over that hump. There's not a player on that roster who has experienced a win over Bethune-Cookman. We have to get that done. So that's what's at stake in order for us to go to the SWAG championship game to have a chance at whatever's after that, okay? So um, we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. Let's take a break, come back. Want to make sure we mention some of the things going on in our volleyball program. Give an update on what's going on with the Rattlers in Manhattan, Kansas. And then kind of give our predictions against UAPB. You're watching ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back right after these words. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. 
Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, cream bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's like a loot machine. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rosier, Kofi Hemingway here. Um, do either of you guys know, are we flying or taking a bus? <laughs> Is the football team flying or taking a bus out to Arkansas? Les, I heard it was a flight. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um. Hot seat, guys, as, as we get to this point of the year, uh, a lot of speculation on coaching changes. If I set the line at two and a half new coaches going into the 2022 season, would you say over two and a half or under two and a half new coaches in the SWAC next year? Over. Over. So you you think at least well, we already three coaches. got one. Absolutely, we already got one. Southern's gonna make a change. And um Fob's seat is very, very hot. Very, very hot. And if he loses to Cookman this week, it's gonna be even hotter. It's gonna be even hotter. I think um oh and I don't see Sims. Uh, returning to Bethune. Absolutely. Um, I think really? that that's Brian. Yeah, he's one in freaking. What's his record? Yeah, Eight? but yeah, but, but look what? At what he's he's been declining okay, at... over the last three years. He has no they had chance to, to say. Yeah, they had a losing record last year. They just happened to squeeze past us. Um, but you know, it's a new AD over there. So, you know, a lot of changes going on, and I know the fan base ain't happy with the coaching in general. So so he is absolutely on the hot seat now. I just I just I just find it hard to believe that uh new new AD, new coaching season that you would take on and I say you meaning uh who's the A D over there? Uh Theus. I can't see Theus taking on trying to bring on a new coach while you're in the middle of coaching your first year of basketball. I don't think he does it for that. Factor normally alone. when people make that move, but normally when people make that move, it's because they've already made the move. So if he hasn't done his due diligence, he doesn't need to be the AD football is the bread and is the bread winner for your school. So even if you do it, what's the guarantee to say he's not going to go one and freaking nine next year in the swag. Um, you know, what's to say that? What hope do the Bethune-Cookman Knights have that's going to say, hey, we got a better quality product coming out here for our team and for Wildcat Nation? You know, if you keep this guy, I don't see how it's going to get better. And if I'm a re- opposing coach 
against Bethune, I'm like, look, this guy's contract is, you don't even know if you're going to be playing for the exact same coach coming in, uh, you know, throughout your career there. His record has been declining. Why would you go to Bethune? I mean, it's going to be an unstable culture. If you keep him, if you keep him again, if I if I'm an opposing coach, I'm immediately just like, you don't know if that dude's gonna be, even be there. His job is up for grabs. So even if you want to go there, is that the type of environment that you want to uh, try to spend your four years in, having two coaches when you know you're gonna have one here? Well, I don't know what the well, I don't know how many years are left on book on uh, on his contract, and I don't I can't I didn't imagine see him signing school. an extension. Well, but when does it end, though? See, that's the thing, though. You know, is this the last Google. year of the contract? Well, okay, we'll we'll trust in Google to we'll figure that out while we fi- while we uh, figure it out. Uh, Kelvin, did you? How many did you go over under two and a half new coaches? I went over because we already got an Alabama State situation. Southern has an right. interim, and right. uh, let's see, pull a rabbit out. Had these last two games. I figured he out, and then between Grambling and Bethune, I, I just believe something's gonna happen. Not, none of nobody is talking about Doc Gamble, who uh, is the coach of UAPB. That's who the Rattlers play this week. They got their first win after losing seven in a row. None, nobody, none of you guys think you think Doc Gamble is safe at UAPB, huh? I do because of the spring <laughs> season. Yes. Yeah. You gotta okay. remember, he played for the Sweat Championship in the spring. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I can say Broderick Fobbs won a unbeaten, had an unbeaten Black College National Championship season. I mean, that doesn't mean anything anymore, huh? That's Grambling. That's Grambling. You talking Fobbs, man? <laughs> you gotta go ten and one, nine and two, nothing less than eight and three, seven and four is real iffy. After a cup, you know, you lost to Prairie View four years in a row. You gave up a, 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 a double-digit lead to Southern University in the Bayou Classic. You got trounced in the spring. There are multiple players transferring away from the school. So in addition to that, you got embarrassed by FAMU. You lost to – who else did they lose to? They lost to Prairie View. They lost to Alcorn. Uh, multi, you know, right, this is the first right, year. So what is he going to do that's going to make that program better? And Grambling, Knights, Grambling, uh, Grambling fans are very, very impatient. All right. Uh, FAMU down 10 with 440 to play. MJ Randolph just knocks down a jump shot. Rattlers down 10. We're at that point where I started to get nervous here. Uh, my 16 and a half, I started getting nervous here. I need the Rattlers to make some buckets and draw this in here. Make this one uh, close. Keep, keep giving the ball to MJ. We need some stops on the defensive end. Well, let me uh, quickly jump over to our volleyball program before we come back to football and UAPB. Uh, the Lady Rattlers are going to finish up their season with a road trip uh, to Alabama where they take on Alabama A&M on Friday. And then on Sunday, they take on Alabama State. Uh, The Alabama State one is a big game. 
because of the fact we had a 2-0 lead on them, ended up losing three sets to two. And that's probably the only difference right now in us being in first and second place heading into the SWAG tournament, which is November 19th through the 21st. Um, let's see. Currently, FAMU's working on a seven-game winning streak, the longest active streak in the SWAC. Uh, it currently sits second in SWAC standings behind Jackson State, who's still 14 and one. So it kind of looks like we're 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 probably going to go into the tournament as the two seed. Uh, worst case, probably three. Uh, so again, I'm just kind of doing a quick glance here through the uh, through the stats. Blah 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 blah. Okay, so. So anyway, the Lady Rattlers will be on the road. Alabama A&M on Friday, Alabama State on Saturday. Both matches are 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Central. Okay, this is the first matchup between FAMU and Arkansas Pine Bluff, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, fellas? Um, which is kind of you know, unique. No, I think we, we, we beat them in a, uh, one of those uh, divisional – uh, things I think uh, about two, three weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Well, no, no, I'm talking football. Oh, football, yes. Oh, okay, yeah, football, football. Yeah, this is our first ever matchup against UAPB in football. Um, look, they. Yeah, I was kind of looking at that. What's your? Let's kind of go around the horn. What's your take? Uh, what do you expect? What do we? What do the Rattlers need to be aware of or watch out for from UAPB this Saturday? Nothing. With nothing. Oh, wow. The Rattlers need to worry really? about them. I don't want them to be tight. Talking about you know, worry about this is a game because if you know we got to win it because of playoffs or anything. We're the better team. We're more talented. We have a, a dominant defense and special teams. Just do what we do and play a clean game and come out there with a W. I don't see any reason why this game should be close. And so I'm going 35-7. Okay. 35-7. Kofi? Uh, I'm in agreement with Kelvin. I will say, you know, obviously once we contain their QB um, and stop him from making big plays with his feet, we'll be in really good shape. Um, that is it. And, of course, you know, they do have quickness on uh, the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, Southern was able to run the ball at will on this team. In addition, you know, just really as long as we don't make boneheaded decisions, we're blocking people up front on special teams, not giving up block kicks and making mental errors, we should be in good shape. I'm in agreement with Kelvin. Uh, so you're going with a predictive score of? 35-10, 42-10, 42-14, something like that. Okay. Uh, UAPB averaging 20.8 a game allowing 36.2 a game. That's never a good thing when you 
allow more than you score, uh, just for the kids at home who may not know. Um, you know, I, I think their quarterback, they do have a, a, a quality quarterback in uh, Skylar Perry. So we do have to get some pressure on him. It's hard to imagine us not beating him by 30-plus, to be honest. I said that about Mississippi Valley State, though, and I was wrong. So I will go 28-nothing. FAMU 28, UAPB 0. How about that? You won't give me you won't give me my soda, man. <laughs> I see what you did there, right? You saw what I did. Yeah, he I tried it, bro. I keep it on 30, man. We ain't having it. Come on, Coach Simmons. We ain't having it. <laughs> I had to I had to do that. I had to do that. But hey, we get a shutout though. That's what's important. Right? Get the shutout. I I'll take the W. Yeah, I got you. Hey, got a trivia question for you guys. Uh, uh, FAMU's football Twitter feed had sent out a tweet noting that Isaiah Land leads the nation in sacks. Now, they listed it at 14, I think is what they said. I, I, know, I checked it and it's actually 13 according to the NCAA, but you know, whoever. Uh, but anyway, it was related to the fact that Isaiah Land was added to the Stats FCS Buck Buchanan Award watch list. 14 sacks, 17 solo tackles for loss. Regardless of whether it's 14 sacks or 13 sacks, if it were 14 sacks, it would be the third best sack individual sack season since 1974, do you guys know who or what is the total number that stands as the sack record in FAMU history? Oh, that's um, Alonzo uh, Johnson. Alonzo Johnson with 18. Uh, it is Alonzo Alonzo Johnson. Actually, it's 20. Uh, R.C. Eason got 18 the following year. Johnson got 20 in 1982. Eason got 18 in 1983. And nobody nobody since, nobody since has gotten over 13 and a half. There's been a handful of guys who have uh, tasted 13 and a half sacks. And where is so, Isaiah Landon? Well, uh, again, I checked the yeah, they say 14. The NCAA stats say 14, uh, 13. So I don't know, you know, if you if you go with what FAMU says or the NCAA, it's somewhere in the middle. But he has, uh, what, two games left to, I don't know, get to 18, maybe get to 20. Mm-hmm. But I uh, just yeah. thought that was interesting to kind of throw that out there. Having a great season. Uh, and well deserved of the recognition of the Buck Buchanan Award watch list. So uh, I got a feeling Isaiah might get a couple this weekend, fellas. I, I just got it's just a hunch. I agree. 
All right. Well, 208 left to play. The Rattlers are down 64 to 53. Um, not really sure we'll get a chance to close this one out with a win. Although, anything's possible. Head over to ESPN Plus to go catch the rest of this ball game. That's going to do it for this show. Uh, any final thoughts, Kelvin and Kofi, before we close out? No, just looking let's, forward let's to, uh, to the, this, the last two weeks of, of football, you know, HBCU football specifically, but I'll be paying attention to the other conferences also and see how I expect us to potentially be ranked next week. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay. Uh, what were you saying, Kofi? Uh, let's go out to UAPB and get the job done in a big way. And come on yeah. back for Classic Week. Hi. Well said, well said. Uh, the Lady Rattlers debut tomorrow, Thursday, against Troy. I, I believe that game you can probably catch on ESPN uh, Plus as well. So hopefully you guys will tune in and watch them. So, all right. Hey, thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure that uh, you subscribe to the uh, JBN, Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page or our Facebook pages. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to us on the Pod Zone, the BCSN Pod Zone, make sure you subscribe to that. Google, Spotify, uh, everywhere that you listen and download podcasts, that's where you can catch our show. So that's going to do it for my guys, Kelvin, Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. I'm Brian Fulford, Rattler Nation. Thank you. God bless. And don't forget to strike, strike, and strike again, Rattler Nation. All right. You guys be good. Take care. Good night.